Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. I truly love his website and the, the location of his website, bethedream.com. Be the dream, your dream. Transform your life into a wonderful experience. But before you do any of that, you have to unleash your personal power. We all have it. It's something inside of us, but sometimes it's not there, not in the forefront. We're going to talk about that today and so much more with somebody who is a transformational coach, helping lots of people along the way. We refer to him as just one name, three letters, Zen. <laughs> I love that as well. Be the dream with Zen. And he's back with us. Hey, Zen, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, Stephen. And thanks. Um, yeah, the, you know, having that name does bring some expectations along with it, does it not? One million percent. And right away, I get a certain vibe, even just saying the name, that it's your Zen. There's no doubt about that. But that's what we want, too. We want to be in balance and just feel like we're connected to ourselves and, and to life in general. Now, when we talk about this thing called personal power and unleashing it, what exactly is our personal power? You know, it's a, a it's expansive. It's much more than what we consider in our activities of the doing and having in life. It begins with the being, right? And we often circumvent that process and start with the having and work our way back to, okay, what do I need to do? And then who do I need to be? Well, that entails a lot of masks, right? A lot of characters mm -hmm. that we play in order to get what we want. Well, is that truly who mm -hmm. we are? In mm -hmm. most situations, it is not. It's something that we think we need to be in order to have what we desire. How interesting. I never thought of it in that way in regard to the, the mask analogy. And right away, I think of, I think of a song by Billy Joel called The Stranger. Yeah. And the, the line, if I remember correctly, we all have a face that we hide away forever and we take them out and show ourselves. Correct. <laughs> and wow. as Zen, now that, you know, even with the name, that doesn't mean that the, I don't have challenges and face them. And, you know, life is constantly giving us opportunities to transcend who we are in that moment to be who we want to be in the next, right? More fully integrated, more fully present, more fully aware, more fully in tune with our surroundings and those that we work with, right? So, so how do we get there? I was just going to say that, yeah. <laughs> I knew that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit of an empath too. And, <laughs> a tent, you know, at, at, at times um, some might call me a bit psychic because I perceive what is to come. And the only reason that I'm able to do that is from experience of going through the patterns that we all have, right? Each of us have patterns in our own lives. And I really like what T. Harv Eker said years ago. It, it stuck with me. And that's what you do anywhere you do everywhere. Let me say that again. I want to properly process that. Sure. What you do anywhere, you do everywhere. How do you mean? So the personal habits you have, they're subtle right? They're at the core of your being. Mm -hmm. And you operate from those in every situation that you face, regardless of what it may be. There's that core essence of you that have has particular habits that you 
sometimes enjoy. Most often you do not because it doesn't produce the results that you want and you wonder why, right? So how do we change that to to get the, the best result that we're looking for? Well, how I work with clients is that first of all, I, I do the assessment as we've talked before. I've got a 13-page assessment that I use that kind of gives an overview, a cursory view, if you will, of how the person is, how they think, how they communicate, what goals they have, what dreams they have, who they aspire to be, and those kinds of things. And yet, these are things that they haven't been able to achieve yet. Now, in our first conversation, we kind of unpack all of that and begin to restore their connection with their internal knowledge base because they have all the answers. You have all the answers you need. You just haven't been asked the right questions to unpack them, right? And so through the perception that I have and the conversations and the listening and knowing not everything that a lot of the patterns that people have then I can recognize those and ask the questions necessary to get people to kind of pause and reflect and, oh, like you have already. I never thought about it that way, right? And that moment is crucial in being able to transcend your previous belief system, which is probably steeped in cognitive dissonance, which means you have a belief that doesn't match what you really think about yourself or how you want to be, and then transcend that into creating additional, let's say, activities or items in an action plan that move you into that activity that promotes this new awareness that you have about yourself. Would you say that you're almost like the mirror for some? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And in that space, you know, I... As a coach, I've had to learn how to become attentive, aware, vulnerable to what is and not try to promote or, or project a prescriptive uh, notion of how things are, right? There's this question of what's next? Who am I? What do I need to do, right? How do I need to be in a situation in order to have the full effect that I truly desire? So these are the kinds of questions that then unpack what your desires really are, what your core essence is, which is where that information that's stored, <laughs> the knowledge base, if you will, that then we tapped in, tap into. It's like a file system, right? And you don't know how to access the files until you have the right query to do so. So you're really tapping into who we really are. We're, we're basically, you're helping us figure it out. Um, why can't we figure it out on ourselves? Usually because we don't know we can. Okay. Right. There's this idea that we can, and yet there's this cognitive dissonance, the imposter syndrome, if you will. I don't know enough. I'm not enough. I, I don't have the skill set, you know, yada, yada, yada. Right. There's all of this less than kind of thinking. In reality, you're much more powerful than you believe yourself to be. And I prove that by giving you step by step activities to do that not only empower you to act, also give you the reflection from the outer world of, hey, this actually works. Hmm. I, I want to get, 
I want to feel something now. When you unleash your personal power, what does it feel like? How do you know? What are you feeling? Can you describe it? Sure. Well, imagine you're having a conversation with another person. There's something that really, it's like the elephant in the room, right? Mm -hmm. It really needs to be said. You're not sure quite how to do it. You're wondering whether you ought to offer it or not. And there's this, oh my gosh, I might be rejected. I might be dejected. I might, you know, whatever. And then you take that next step to actually speak it. And when you do, your whole body feels lighter, right? Because you've said what is deep within you and released that, not necessarily knowing what's going to happen. And that's the cool thing about it, because you get comfortable with the unknown. You don't know what's going to happen. However, the more you practice this, the more you let yourself be fully present, attentive, aware, and able to articulate what you're sensing and feeling in the moment, it really gives you that sense of lightness. It's like, uh, what's the name of the movie? The Incredible Lightness of Being, mm -hmm. right? And you can feel this difference in your body. Now, most of us operate from the shoulders up, right? We think about things, we project, we want to you know, create all these things and then push or pull energy in order to get what we want. Well, from a different perspective called flow, we operate from, okay, there's this unknown, yet there's an anticipation of great results. And, be, and when one experiences incremental steps of that awareness, the sensation, the, the acknowledgement, the reflection in your outer world in some small way, then you begin to build trust in the process for you. It's not about me. Would you right? say- I just offer those opportunities. Would you say, Zen, that we really need to get to that point where we, we trust our ourselves, you know, the faith that we have in ourselves, to know what we're feeling is right. Is that also part of, you know, the personal power? Absolutely. There are three pillars of that. Faith, love, and trust in you. And once you experience that process a number of times, that trust, that love, and that faith develops into an incredible powerhouse that you carry with you everywhere you go. In any situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, what you do anywhere, you do everywhere. So imagine having this quiver of arrows, if you will, that you can shoot through the heart of humanity <laughs> in every place that you go to rise up and be more productive, be more aware, be more present, be more helpful, and be able to serve better in your personal relationships, your work relationships. Uh, even in what you do to have fun, you can be much more present in that and feel more free and vulnerable in the experience. So what is the the first step for somebody to to really tap into their personal power? Obviously reaching out to you, uh, but I, I want to take us like down that road, the steps that, that get us there. Well, you know, as I said before, with me, there's the the survey that will also, it not only gives me an idea of where you're at, it also gives you the opportunity to do a self-assessment. Ah, okay. Right. And so that self-assessment then gives you kind of a baseline to look at yourself and say, Ooh, I like that. Ooh, I don't particularly like that. Um, you know, those types of things. 
And it allows you to clarify where you want to go with it. You know, we often think that a job or profession or something like that will give us happiness in life because of what we can earn or produce or buy as a result. And you certainly can't buy love or happiness, right? You might be able to rent it for a little bit, but it doesn't last. It's temporary and transitory. However, when you anchor yourself in your being and you have that faith, love and trust in yourself, you can encounter any situation, however challenging it may be, and be able to hit the pause button, reflect, assess, decide from how you feel in your body, then you make choices with your head back up to the top of the shoulders, right? So there's a, uh, an ancient philosophy, it's actually indigenous, that's called the three brain philosophy. And what it entails is the gut, the heart, and the head. And scientifically now, you know, this has been around for thousands of years, but now we're actually having some validation of it in the scientific explorations of quantum physics, right? And also modern medicine. There's neurosensors in the gut. There's neurosensors in the heart yep, as well as in the head. So how do we sense and feel things? Well, according to quantum physics, everything is vibration. There is no physical matter, right? Dr. Irvin Laszlo has been talking about this for uh, probably 70 of his 90 years now. So he also says that this higher self that we have can be integrated into the physical body. And this is the process of that, where you begin to open up yourself to the greater aspect of yourself that's available that has infinite intelligence at its core. And that intelligence is unlocked by the questions you ask. And then the stillness you hold once you hit that pause button, right? And these things happen in nanoseconds. Then you make better choices as to what to do in in that moment and begin the activity. It takes practice. And, you know, I work with people over time to develop that. And once you do, man, your whole life opens up and people around you will say, hey, what happened to you? Right? <laughs> Where'd you go? And oftentimes they'll say, wow, I want some of that. Can you share? So I want to understand that even better. Uh, when we ask those questions, is it a a product of somebody, I'm trying to verbalize this the best, um, using their intuition. So they're asking a question of themselves, uh, you know, in nanoseconds. Yeah. That's what happens with the pause button, whether they should do something, how they should react to something. So basically they're, they're, they're going with their gut feeling instead of just flying off the handle. It's, it's more of a, I want to say an educated, uh, situation because it's coming from within because now you've tapped into your power. Right. There's two different words that, that have, Uh, almost opposite effects. One is reaction, which is what we usually do because we don't think. We get stimulated and we react and we react from habitual behavior, right? The other is response. And when you are response able, then you can Hmm. enter that situation with a completely different attitude. And by asking those questions, depending on the, the situation, you know, I find one of the best ones to ask is how may I serve best in this situation, right? Because it's not about you. This is where ego transcends to ego because we're not an island, 
We have to have interaction in order to do and have what we desire, right? So can you give us an example of that where that kicks in? Um, where you, you ask that question, you're in a situation, now you've harnessed the power of your personal power. How does that all, how does that all come together? Well, oftentimes it, it's triggered by a situation that makes you feel tense, right? It's like, oh my gosh, what the, you know, you, you feel uncomfortable. And then, and that could be in a question that you're being asked by another questions often seem like confrontations to a lot of people because they don't know, right? They're afraid of giving the wrong answer. That's where the imposter syndrome shows up again. So if, when you're asked something to be able to pause and reflect, um, for instance, uh, you know, for me, I, I did partnering workshops with building road and bridge construction projects for a number of years. And you want to talk about some concrete oriented people, right? These are very um, astute, professional, no bullshit kind of guys that will be very direct and gals that have direct questions. Well, in the process of these uh, sessions, we go through what's called an issue resolution plan. And that's where the challenges on the job come up and these things are navigated through to determine collectively what the best course of action is, right? And so by doing so, by querying the crowd, if you will, and then pulling out the best solutions and, and those best solutions often find uh what I guess we could call empathic resonance with the rest of the group. And you can see the heads nod, right? When those things are spoken, because there's a sense that just permeates the room. That happens with individuals as well. Uh, I used to run events uh, here in Tempe, a quarter million people over a weekend and a quarter million people in one night. And I was one of five guys that put it all together and did all the logistics and event management. So there were constant, you know, and this was the, one of the large events was an arts and crafts festival, right? Over a thousand vendors. And I had 350 in my area. Well, usually that, it, as you know, artists are very particular and they're, mm. <laughs> they're not too shy in letting you know what they want or how they feel. And so in being able to address those, you know, when you come, here's a perfect example. Uh, we had one event uh, where a bunch of vendors got put over on a side street. And I knew that they were going to be upset, to say the least, and that sometime they were going to confront me about it to get moved into a place where there was foot traffic. So I get to call on a radio to come into the warehouse and I'm like, okay, here it comes. So I walk into a group of a dozen people in a circle that are all irate, mm. right? And so I step into the center of the circle and I don't say a word yet. I just turn around and look at everybody and I make sure I get eye contact. And I, and as they're not shutting up, right, because they as soon as I enter the room, they start with the complaints. And as I'm listening, what I hear is the same thing that I knew was going to happen. They want to be someplace where there's foot traffic. And so I immediately say, okay, what I hear you saying is that you want to be moved to where there's foot traffic. And they all just, you could see every one of them just like relax. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what we want. And so I said, okay, give me a moment. Let me go check with uh, 
an individual, there was a pastor at a church that we could move them over to on their property that they would be in the line of foot traffic. So I went and took care of it and got permission, got a bunch of volunteers to move them over. And then several of them came back to me and said, hey, visit one of us, whatever you want, you can ask as far as, you know, what their uh, products were. And I'm like, no, 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 unnecessary, just do them a job. So that example of being able to stay still, not get triggered, listen and respond with what was obviously, and that didn't take any intuition for me, and yet it might for someone else that didn't have the history of the experience, then that result fit the situation in ways that they didn't expect, right? They expected, oh, sorry, can't do it, because that's usually what happens. How did you make that determination how to approach it? Did you know for a fact that that's what they were going to be complaining about? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And in in your, you know, wherever you are, whether you're in uh, manufacturing or sales or service oriented organizations or anything like that, if you have some experience in it, you know what's going to be taking place because you've got the experience of it. You know the patterns already, whether you realize it or not, because you've been experiencing them unconsciously. So all that information is stored. And then with the right questions, that information, if you don't, right, in a coaching situation, you may not be aware of that. However, when the right questions are asked to tap that information, then those answers come forth automatically and you know what to do because it's a gut response. Would you say without your experience, would you have picked up on that through your gut feeling? For me, I've always been able to. Okay, I've been that way since I was a kid. Um, and that's been both comfortable and uncomfortable in situations. I'll right? bet, I'll bet. But, but useful in many other situations. I would love to look at that. What you feel, I think we skimmed this once in a previous podcast, what it feels like in your gut when you know the answer is there. And I, I truly, truly, truly believe the answers are all there. You know, we go seeking everywhere else. It's inside. You know what's mm-hmm. right. You know what you should be doing, but you need to you need to trust your gut and know that you can tap into it. How right. do you tap into it, Zen? And what does it feel like for you? Well, I'm kind of reflecting because how I am now isn't how I was then. Initially, it felt like what many call anxiety. Hmm. Right. There's that quivering. There's that uncomfort in the gut. Right. And because that's usually we don't know what to do. Right. We're afraid of making a mistake or of not following or getting what we need. That same sensation can also be by choice seen as opportunity, anticipation of something about to happen. That could be pretty cool when you're in the place to accept it as such, right? That's the faith, love, and trust again. Now, on the other side, if you're fearful of a situation, you're probably going to produce that result as well, because that's what you're projecting. That's the choice that you made in that decision point of whether to feel it as anxiety or anticipation. You know, some even call it, um, uh, what's the word, Um, activation or... Um, uh, almost a, a feeling of awakening, uh, but that's not the word I'm using, and, and it's evading me at this moment. It'll sure. come back, and I'm, I'm sure I, it will I because you're going to go. With you your understand, gut. or or let me use that even 
with better phraseology, I perceive that you understand exactly what I'm talking about. But the the feeling that you you describe the um, you know call it the uneasy feeling is mm-hmm. that is that not knowing which direction to go in or having the information and just you know feeling uncertain about it. Well, from a Zen space, right? Just what is there's something happening, right? There's a movement taking place because you're active. You're in process of doing something, right? So there are these incremental steps that you're making in order to achieve something, whatever that may be. Well, when you run into a stumbling block or one that you think is a stumbling block, which may just be an opportunity for ascension from that turmoil, Mm -hmm. you have to be aware enough to acknowledge the opportunity and then make the choice to step into that rather than step back from it and think your way through it. Now, here's the really profound difference that I've found and uh, uh, kind of a, a quote, I guess, from me, if you will, that encapsulates this. And it is, we cannot think our way through a system built on vibrations. We have to sense our way Mm. through it. Wow. We're set up to do so. We have all the systems in place. You know, our body is an instrument. We haven't learned how to tune it, let alone play in concert. I help that process through the transformational coaching. What you said is so powerful in that you have to feel it. Everything, Mm -hmm. you know, you're walking into a, let's say, a tense moment uh, with a supervisor, boss at work, whatever it might be. Um, Right. You have to feel it because that's a, there's vibrations coming there. If you're not acting from a place of vibration within yourself, you're not going to nail the right answer. You're not going to have the right feeling. Um, I just looked up. We're we're out of time. (laughs) How did that even quite? You know, the thing about this is, Steve, that, you know, all of these things, years ago were seen as pseudoscience, right? Even though those people that were promoting it um, most often were very clear and and it's really hard to articulate things from a sense place when we're used to thinking in linear terms and sense is often non-linear and non-local. Now there's another story to happen. Oh, and we don't have time because we're actually over. <laughs> we're over time. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, honestly, I just looked up and I was like, "Wait a minute! It can't be." We we actually went there. Um, how do we find you? Best place? Your website, right? Absolutely. Be the dream dot com. Uh, there's an opportunity to reach out and set up a Zoom call, or it could be phone. If you're, you know, Zoom's uncomfortable. Uh, it, Zoom gives me the, a better opportunity to witness you and, and reflect because of what I see as well as what I feel. Sure. Uh, the phone, I can still, you know, have a deep sense of, of you through your voice and intonation and, and feeling the pauses and things of that nature, right? I just want to make it comfortable for people, and I do so, to be able to unpack their burdens share their innermost fears and, and challenges so that we can then address them and move through them successfully. And so far, everyone has had a fantastic result from it. I can't imagine with you at the helm that that wouldn't be taking place because 
you go deep, but in a way that we understand, you know, it's not like this is so, so far out of our wheelhouse. You make it, uh, and even just the description of that, that, that feeling elated and just lighter when you found mm-hmm. your personal power. Uh, who wouldn't want that? Be- well, it's 66, you know, I ought to be, <laughs> have a little <laughs> knowledge and wisdom to share. Yeah. Yeah. And it's never too late. It's never no. too late to, uh, to be the dream, be the dream.com. Zen. Great having you on. I appreciate all the insight and look forward next time we talk. Great, Steve. Thanks again. See Thank you, you soon. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world. This is the podcast business news network. Of course, my kid's in the right car seat. Well, I think he is. Yeah, my kid's in a booster seat. He was ready to move up. He is ready, right? Her car seat looks like the right size. There are probably rules on when to move up to a booster seat. Aren't there? Rear-facing, forward-facing? I think I have it right. Car crashes are a leading killer of children 1 to 13. Are your children in the right car seat for their age and size? Don't think you know. Know you know. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat. I know my child's in the right car seat. Or else I wouldn't get in the driver's seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.